0: Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this special edition wrapping up 2020 with some of my favourite books, podcasts and a few other bits and pieces of the year. Keep listening to find out more. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. As ever, I'm your host, Steph Clark. This week on the bookshelf, a little bit of a different ones. We come to the end of the year and yeah just one of those fun bit of a listicle kind of one on some of the favorite books that I've read this year and also some of my favorite podcasts if you are a subscriber to the bookmark which is the fortnightly newsletter that accompanies this podcast you'll know that in there I share a few other things as well as just book reviews and recommendations I also quite often share podcast reviews sometimes you know something I'm listening to a new album or a playlist and some just stuff in between So I thought this episode of the podcast could be a little bit more like that. So I'll be sharing the five favourite books that I've read this year, five favourite podcasts I've listened to, and a couple of other bits and pieces too. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sharing a couple of the most popular episodes, the most downloaded or listened to episodes of the podcast that will be Dare to Lead by Brene Brown and The Courage To Be Disliked. Those two episodes compared to, I know they've been out slightly longer, but they are outperforming significantly compared to other episodes, the two really popular ones. So if you haven't listened to those, cause they are way back at the beginning of the podcast, when the podcast started. So if you haven't listened to those, you'll have another chance to catch those over the next couple of weeks, kind of between Christmas and new year, whilst I'm taking a little bit of time off and doing a bit of planning ready for 2021. All right let's get in though to the five books let's start with there shall we the five books for five favorite books that I have read this year and this was a pretty hard choice or a hard cut because it's really good books this year and there's a couple that would would get notable mentions but try to be strict and keep it to the five best non-fiction books I've read in 2020 The first one, oh, and just a little caveat, they're not necessarily books that were out this year. A couple of them were out this year or late 2019, but uh, a couple of them are actually a few years older. So they're just books I read this year, not necessarily ones that are out this year. In case anyone's getting specific. So the first book, and they're in no particular order, the first book that I really enjoyed and it goes into my top five for 2020 is Range by David Epstein. And not only did I like this one because it's existentially validated some of the life choices I have made because it's very much about the role of the generalist and how being... More of a Jack or a Jill of all trades can be really useful when it comes to solving more complex problems. And particularly in today's environment where the problems we, or a lot of the problems we face in society, in technology, in science aren't necessarily going to be solved by a very specific specialized way of thinking. They're actually a lot of the time going to be solved by a collaboration of different thinkers or people with a more, with a broader experience. It's a really interesting book there's heaps of different examples in there and I really like David Epstein's way of writing he's a journalist so he's I find that the the journalist way of writing nonfiction books is a lot more story based and examples rather than necessarily more sort of facts and figures like maybe some other books would be so that's Range by David Epstein that is one of my first of my five favorite books of 2020. Now, I talked about that book on episode 76. There is a link to that in the show notes. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and do so. Number two in my five favourite books of the year, although in no particular order, it's just the second one, is I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. This is her memoir of her childhood, probably from the age of about four, well, probably five or six through to eighteen, nineteen, And it is just, it's beautifully written. It is really interesting in terms of the, the time that she grew up, some of the challenges that were faced by her family, and the, just the family dynamic of, 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 that she had in that her brother and herself were sent to live with their grandma and an uncle in the South, and then her parents who separated were living in different cities around the U.S., and they, they kind of felt, yeah, you know, there was this, this challenges of abandonment. There was racism. There was so many different things in the book that it, it covers and, but does so in such a poetic way, which is no surprise given Maya Angelou's, obviously her, her writing style and her poetry that she's so famous for. So I know why the cage bird sings was such a worthwhile read. It's, it's one that if you want to understand, different people's perspectives, different ways that people have grown up, different way, different life experiences of people, it would be a hugely important read in terms of empathy building. Now that one I talked about more on episode 87 of the podcast, again link in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to that. Book number three is The Power of Ritual by Caspar Turquill. I raved about this book in the middle of the year after I read it. And I think tw- this book actually was out in 2020 which in so many ways is so perfect, given it's all about rethinking how we connect with ourselves, with each other, with nature and with the transcendent. And what a year to be creating a book about connecting with well, with anything, really, and also really, really redesigning and rethinking about how we connect and how we connect well and what ways there are for us to maybe rethink that and do it in a more meaningful and intentional way. So The Power of Ritual was a thought-provoking book. There are several things that, and I always tend to rate books, and again, it depends on the type of book, but I often rate books by how many things I implemented or how many things I still do or think about on a regular basis months after reading that book. And this is definitely one that has stuck with me. And again, not every single thing in the book, but many of the ideas have stuck with me as we came out of lockdown in Melbourne over the last couple of months. I'm starting to think about how do I want to meaningfully collect, connect on a regular basis with friends, with family who maybe are overseas and and with other people in my in my life as well and even and on obviously with with myself. So the power of ritual really recommend that and this would be a really great time to be reading it as we are reconciling what happened in 2020 thinking about what's next and there are many ways that we need to redesign how we were living working existing etc so that's the power of ritual i talked about that one in episode 88 of the podcast you can go back and listen to that link is in the show notes Book number four is The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And as I mentioned when I talked about this in episode 60, I'm not a big fan of Simon's books overall. I, I like his ideas. I like his, his talks and things. I'm not usually a massive fan of his books. This was the exception. And again, it is one that I have thought about since. I come back to some of the ideas from, and it sounds kind of cliche, but again, quite a good timing really, because for a lot of businesses, they're also thinking about, why, why do we exist? How do we continue to exist? And the infinite game is all about playing the game of life, of business in a way that is not thinking about winning, but thinking about staying in the game. And what a year to test that. And what a year that some companies have really found themselves through no fault of their own in some in many cases challenged and their existence challenged because the market falls away the the thing that they operate in or the 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 actual business they do becomes illegal for a period of time or, or you know certainly shut down so it's a really fascinating one to think about in the context of 2020 to go well actually how did some of those companies then continue what have they how have they rethought what is our purpose and how do why do we exist and for those who have succeeded in switching things up. And I don't want to use the word pivoting, but pivot, but pivoting and really thinking about, well, how do we do what we do, but in a different way, because they're there to stay in the game or their purpose becomes around staying in the game rather than around just winning and beating the competition or whatever it is. So, another really interesting one to reflect on coming out of this year and going into the next year in your own business, in a company you work in, and also in your own life. Like, what is, how can you think about it from an infinite mindset rather than a finite mindset? So, that's The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. That was the fourth book of the five favorite books from this year. I talked about that on episode 60. Finally, the fifth book in my five favorite books of the year is What I Talk About When I Talk About Running by Haruki Murakami. It's and again, it's Murakami is a fiction author, or predominantly a fiction author, and similar to Maya Angelou's. I know why the Caged Bird Sings, which I talked about just now. It's just written in such a different way and I love that it is a really, it's an experience to read a book like that and it, it goes to show the difference between fiction writers writing non-fiction and researchers writing non-fiction or journalists writing non-fiction. It's such a different style and I think there's there's a lot to learn from that. But what I particularly liked about this book it, it, is that it is, it's really his, it's his running journals. And what's really interesting is the the underlying message of commitment and consistency and the way he made himself into a runner because and to the extent that now he, he finds it inexcusable to not go for a run every day. And it doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be far, it doesn't have to be your best run ever. But the point for him is about turning up, doing the run, and then it being done and that being part of his identity and it's really how he then also applies that to his writing and you can see the parallels between the two as he talks about both in the book so it's a bit of a different one it's a short book it's a a 24-hour read if that I read it in 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 an afternoon over the winter and it was just such a and it just felt like a real treat to read a book like that So I highly recommend, it's a bit of a different one. And and again, it'd be a lovely book to read over the summer or the winter holidays, depending on which hemisphere you're in right now as nonfiction with a good lesson in there, but in a more creative way, shall we say. So that was Haruki Murakami's What I Talk About When I Talk About Running. And I talked about that on episode 85 of the podcast, link in the show notes. So we go. those are my five favourite books of the year. So Range by David Epstein, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, The Power of Ritual by Casper Terquill. The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, and What I Talk About When I Talk About Running by Haruki Murakami. Now, as I promised, I'm also going to share the five favorite podcasts of the year and a couple of them are overall kind of podcasts that I discovered this year, but some of them I've got specific episodes to point you in the direction of. All the links for all of the different episodes and the actual podcasts themselves are in the show notes, so don't feel like you need to pull over the car or stop doing what you're doing to to write these down. I will have done the work for you. It's just there in the show notes. All right, so my five favorite podcasts of the year. I'm not gonna lie, the first one is Tim Ferriss. I love Tim. I love his work. I, and for me, I really enjoy long form podcasts, partly because I'm lazy. I don't want to be changing podcasts or choosing the next thing to listen to. I don't need decisions like that in my life. So, two hour podcasts for me are just perfect. I can put it on. I can do that's, you know, a walk, maybe, maybe two walks worth of, of listening. I don't have to think. I just put it in and enjoy, which is funny because I quite like short books. So, I'm just a complicated, confused kind of person. There we go. Short books and long podcasts. That's a very happy place for me. Anyway, so Tim Ferriss, obviously not new, but the two episodes that I particularly enjoyed this year is the episode with Brian Koppelman and the episode with Daniel Epp, who's the founder of Spotify. Probably because that's also one of my other just favorite things in the world. So Brian Koppelman, I particularly enjoyed the episode about creativity and about habit forming. He talks about, he's the, he's the writer of billions and many, many other things. And yes, he talks about creativity, about his journaling practice. The Daniel Ek episode is actually quite a recent one. I listened to it just a few weeks ago. And the, the thing I really liked about that one was partly just his style. He's very analytical. He's pretty no-nonsense and kind of reserved. It's kind of, I suppose, the Swedish way. But he, he talks a lot about the decisions that were made in starting Spotify and also how he has had to learn how to stay out of decisions and the the role of a leader when there's 10 people in the team versus when there's 50 people or 100 people or obviously a 1,000 plus, plus, plus people. And how he has had to relearn his role many times as the company has grown. So I found that fascinating from a leadership perspective and how he has developed his leadership style and just the thought that goes into almost everything he does. He's a very considered person. So those two episodes, Brian Koppelman and Daniel Eck on the Tim Ferriss podcast. The second podcast I really enjoyed did come out this year and it was actually a series. So it's not a specific episode I'd point you towards, but it's called Winds of Change. And I, again, this is one that's something I raved about earlier this year. It was such a nice departure. And whilst I like the Tim Ferriss style of podcasts and learning more about leadership and people's lives and all those things, it's sometimes nice just to have a bit of escapism and more of a documentary style. So Winds of Change is all about this journalist who tries to uncover whether the song Winds of Change by the Scorpions in in the kind of early 90s was actually a CIA infiltration scam into bringing or ending the Cold War and, and used as propaganda. It is gripping stuff and it's funny and it is it just really makes you question what happens behind these closed doors and some of the clandestine things that happen in governments and and the impact that has on society so highly recommend listening to that Winter Change is about seven or eight episodes they're not super long and you will find yourself wanting to binge that, which I think is a really nice experience. I don't watch a lot of Netflix or a lot of TV. I don't watch really any TV, but it's really nice to actually have a podcast that you want to binge and it makes you go on, a, go on another walk or walk. And I, there were several occasions where I went, actually walked for longer so that I could finish listening to the Winds of Change episode that I had I was listening to at the time. So it's Winds of Change. Highly recommend all of that one next podcast, the third podcast I discovered this year, and actually the episodes I really liked were a couple of years old, is the Clever podcast. And the Clever podcast is largely around the design, graphic design, creative fields. The two episodes I particularly liked, there was one with Jessica Hish, who is a renowned graphic designer, and Lauren Hom, who is well known for her hand lettering. And both Jessica and Lauren in their respective episodes talk a lot about the journey and they talk a lot about the practice and they talk a lot about how, yes, this one thing went viral or this one project got very popular, but the years that had gone into what they'd been doing beforehand and the indecision around what direction to take and what to do next and should you do one thing over another thing was... was very heartening I think to to hear but also really they asked really good questions and it it posed as part of their discovery it posed really good questions of themselves which are ones that we should probably consider ourselves to. so that's the clever podcast and the episodes with jessica Hish and lauren holm Fourth one, two actually. Well, the fourth and fifth ones both both music related podcasts. The first one is Broken Record, and this is brought by Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell and a few others. And I really am I'm a big fan of Rick Rubin. I love his his production work. There's there's so many episodes and. All of them are excellent. My favourite one I've listened to so far is the one with Adria Petty, who is Tom Petty's daughter. It's a two-parter, and it talks all about Tom Petty's, you know, growing up with Tom Petty as your dad, really. And Tom Petty is someone that I was aware of. I, I like some of his music. Not certainly wouldn't call myself a, a super fan or even a, really that much of a fan. But the I think Adria just did such a, a great job of describing the reality of growing up with a incredibly famous Dad and the life that that leads to to all of them having as a family and what that what that meant for them and some of the challenges and some of the some of the high points as well. It also goes behind the scenes in the writing of some of the songs and some of the uncovered things or the the things that were cut from some songs, which I as a as a music fan just found really fascinating. So that's Broken Record. I recommend just getting into that and listening to a few of them. But I particularly enjoyed the Adrian Petty Tom Petty episode. And finally, another music one—a little bit, a bit of an ending on a low here. Murder ballads—the um, the very happily named podcast. So, murder ballads, and it's the thing. I didn't even know this existed as a genre, but certainly in the US, this this is very much a thing. Is a murder ballad, and a lot of the songs I actually, or several of the songs that they've talked about in the in the episodes, I was was aware of, but didn't know of this particular genre of murder ballads. So the, the episodes go into the, and dissecting all these different murder ballads from, from history and how they evolved over time. And so many of them changed so significantly. And whether they were based on true people, whether they were based on fictional characters or a mixture of both or elements of both things that had been fabricated, you know, as part of a, you know, it, was, it started with some truism but then was fabricated over time and how those songs had then been taken and made their own by different people. A particular one that has stuck with me and has I will never listen to this song in the same way again is the Where Did You Sleep Last Night slash In The Pines episode, which will have you listening to the Nirvana version of that in their MTV Unplugged in a very different way and very loudly and with spine tingling results. All right, there are my five favorite podcasts for the year. It's Tim Ferriss and particularly the episodes with Brian Koppelman and Daniel Eck. The Winds of Change series, The Clever Podcast, and particularly the episodes with Jessica Hish and Lauren Hom. Broken Record by Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell, and particularly starting or st- certainly starting with the Adria Petty episode talking about Tom Petty. And then Murder Ballads, recommend to getting into all of those, but particularly starting with the In the Pines or Where Did You Sleep last night episode. So we go those are my podcasts a couple of other things i just want to share that got me through 2020 or were things that i really loved some of you might know i am a big fan of cooking and have quite a considerable cookbook collection along with my non-fiction books two books that absolutely i oh, just spent a lot of time open and getting sticky with this year were flavor by my favorite Yotam Ottolenghi and "Palestine" by Sami tahmimi which is obviously he is, well maybe not obviously, he is a collaborator with Ottolengi and Tara Wigley. Hugely enjoyed those two books, and the yeah, flavour is on regular rotation in my kitchen at the moment. Fallastin certainly had a lot of recipes cooked from that earlier this year when that first came out. I'm now getting hungry just thinking about this. Something else I've enjoyed this year is the fiction book Honeybee by Craig Sylvie so many difficult topics covered in this particular book and I I find it really interesting having given that I read a lot of non-fiction when I read and I always think non-fiction particularly biography autobiography memoir are fantastic ways to gain empathy with people because you can just see and experience someone else's life or a different perspective or a very different life experience to yours in in a different way and, and build an understanding of that I forget how powerful fiction is for that as well. Well-written fiction can be for that very same reason. And Honeybee is a perfect example of that. I devoured that book in less than 24 hours, despite it being sort of 430 pages-ish. If you're looking for some holiday reading and not looking for something super light, because it's certainly not a light read in terms of subject matter, read that. It is, yeah, it is perspective changing I think for a lot of would-be perspective changing for a lot of people. Something else that has got me through this year is or two other things actually two apps so Udemy not new and I've used it for years the online learning platform I took several courses this year and upskilled in a few different particularly the some of the Adobe programs before doing the graphic design course that I, I ended up doing at the end of the year but was such a great way of filling filling some what would have been pretty boring time earlier in the year when my work was pretty quiet. So if you haven't dived into Udemy, I'm also a big fan of Skillshare. It's slightly different in in style, but Udemy and and Skillshare and things like that uh, were just such good companions this year. And then finally, when all the gyms closed and I got a bit sick of just walking everywhere and doing lots of walks and things, Les Mills On Demand. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with Les Mills, it's generally, well, it's, it's classes that you often see at the gym. So if you're familiar with things like Body Pump, Body Combat, or if you've heard of those or seen them advertised in gyms, it's the company that licenses and, and runs and designs those. And they have a phenomenal app, which has all the things that you could ever want. And you can do them at home. So I've spent a lot of hours jumping around my office or the living room doing body pump, body combat, some of the bar-bar type classes, some of the pilates and yoga type classes as well. And it has really improved what I my enjoyment of exercise. And I enjoy exercise anyway, but I'm normally a real class-going type person. So being able to do some of that at home and rather than just the monotony of just walking as much as I like a walk, this year has been, um, well, walk heavy, shall we say. So yeah, if you are looking for something, if you're still not back at a gym, if you're not comfortable going back to gyms yet, but you are looking for something else to get you up and moving, then highly recommend Les Mills On Demand. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I'm not paid by any of these things. I kind of wish I was sometimes, but they are just things I have loved and thought I might like to share with you. You might like them too. So there we go. 2020 wrapped up with five books, five podcasts, and a bit of a random list of stuff at the end, just for, for fun. Thank you so much for listening, and I know time is precious. So the fact that you've spent some minutes, maybe even some hours with me over the last 12 months is really, I really do appreciate that. And. And if you've read something great as a result of the podcast, or maybe even stopped reading something because, and I've saved you some time because you've said, I actually don't need to finish this book now as a result, then that is a great outcome. So thank you for spending time with me. Have a great summer break, winter break, solstice, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever it is you're celebrating, or even just celebrating being together with other people over the next few weeks. I look forward to seeing you in 2021. And in the meantime, happy reading.